双负超过。This uh, gathering this morning, for some it's the smells. For me, it's the smells of the Easter lilies in the church. Even Friday when we brought them in, it smells like Easter when the choir brings them in. This morning before my message at eight o'clock, just all that Easter lily, Easter stuff, and that smell takes me back to Easter's of long ago. It takes me back to being a, a kid. It takes me back to Arizona. It takes me back to when my kids were little. It takes me back a long, long ways. The smell just kind of does that for me, as does the smell of the wine as we receive the Lord's Supper today. It's just kind of how it works. There's things that remind us and jog our memory and call to mind the very best things of life. For you, it may be the Hallelujah Chorus. I know that works for me as well, that when you guys stand up and you sing that, we hear the first couple measures. All of Western civilization stands at the majesty of hallelujah, our God omnipotent reigns. I'll be singing that all afternoon. And I'll be reminded of this beautiful place. Maybe it's not the tastes or the smells or the sounds. Maybe for you it's the visual. One of the things I really love about Sunday morning on Easter is our students who went to school here who come back. And sometimes they come back and they go, Pastor, it's like, and it's, I remember chapel. First time I ever read the scripture out loud, Pastor, I was a five-year-old and we read right here and I remember that. The first time I ever prayed out loud was a chapel service when I was a second grader and the microphone came and I prayed a prayer for Mrs. Johnson who was sick and for our little sports teams to win. It was something I'll never forget. There's something visual, something visually stunning about St. John's, the, the windows, the architecture, the altar, the Jesus. There's the candles, the lights, the flowers. There's something that you'll take from this today that you're going to need down the road and you'll pack it into your pocket and you'll say, I'm going back. On that day where it's hard and I'm afraid, I'm going back to St. John's. I'm going back to where Klingenberg talked about Jesus. I'm going back and I'll find strength there. Might be a smell, a sound, a taste. Something will trigger that memory. When you need it the most, you'll reach back and it will be there. Because that's how the spirit of the risen Lord works. 
in our times of fear, in our times of misunderstanding, in our times of, of difficult thinking and difficult challenges ahead. It's then that God uses His Spirit to call to mind events and things like this. I love that interchange in Luke 24 that Pastor Nathan read between the angel and the ladies. I love the idea that the ladies were afraid, kind of getting up to do their thing. And things were never the same after they went to the tomb and went back. This exchange from Luke 24, verses 5 through 8. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words. This last week I had a great blue heron invade my backyard. And I've got a little pond that I wanted to dig out when I bought the house. About the time I got smart enough to catch up with that heron, he had cleaned out about two-thirds of the fish I had in that pond, including two of those fish that I really thought were cool. They are long gone. The heron would sit on our big gate. We have a six-foot fence in our backyard, and he must have been 75 feet tall when he was standing on the thing. He was an enormous bird. And it took me a while to figure out that you could get netting and put it over and how it was going to do it. I had to engineer it a little bit. But in my rickety old age, I had some problems with memory. I'm sure I'm the only one that's ever done that. I had all my stuff laid out neatly in the backyard and I was missing something. And I turned around and I went through the back door in the house and, and, and I looked and I thought, now, what did I come in here for? I don't need a band-aid. I've still got my finger. I don't need, what do I need? And I turned around and I looked and I go, that's right, that thing, that deal, I need my buck knife, I need my open knife because i got to cut this and the scissors ain't working. Get your knife, big guy, and you're good. And so I, I, I go out again, and I start running, I cut it, and then I don't have a tool that I need, and I look, and I walk into the house. I go, well, what did I, I all the way from the kitchen to the garage, I go, what did I, that thing with the deal, that deal, that thing, I, that tool, that thing, that deal. Then I walk back from the garage, through the, through the kitchen, into the backyard, I go, channel locks. Needed my channel locks. Hey, go get your channel locks before you forget, big guy. And I got my channel locks finished to think. But life is like that. It's not just needing the right tool or the right thing. Sometimes it's about having the right picture in here so that you can make it through. And sometimes fear drives out that beautiful picture of the resurrection of Jesus. Because fear has a way of doing that. Fear has a way of casting a horrible, dark, creepy shadow on the beautiful things of life. And boy, do we struggle when we're afraid. Instead of seeing lots of options and lots of opportunities, everything narrows down to this kind of ugly, creepy, dark piece. Things aren't going to get better. Things aren't going to be okay. It's just going to be like this all the time. I'm just afraid. And then in fear, we, we pull back to the kind of cocoon of, of, of self. And we put kind of a tough shell around ourselves and our soul. Because we don't want people to know we're afraid. And so we just kind of hang in there, hoping for the best. Living lives of a little bit of quiet, fearful isolation. And wondering if it's ever going to change.
and what runs through our mind's eye, what we remember and bring to mind, it's just the things of darkness. Fear drives darkness. But today is a day of light. Today is a day of loving and knowing the Lord Jesus. Today is the day where we celebrate where four ladies came to the tomb and they were afraid and they bowed down. And the guy looked at them and he said, what do you seek living things where dead things are? They didn't call it to mind then. And then he said, don't you remember what Jesus said while he was still with you? And this fog lives in the text. The fog lifts off the hearts of the women. And you can almost hear them one to another go, oh yeah, that's right. That, I, that, that, that. Remember when he said that? I remember now, now that that guy in the thing said that, now I remember that deal that Jesus said. He said the Son of Man would suffer and die. He said it in Matthew 8.20. He said it in Matthew 17.22. He said it in Matthew 16.21. Throughout the Gospel of John, throughout the Gospel of Mark. Jesus said this over and over again. But sometimes it's easy to forget. But as soon as it's called to mind, you can see the ladies' heads nod and go, That's right. I got it. We, 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 we got this. He had to do what he had to do. So what are you afraid of? What keeps you up at night that you're afraid of? As each one of us perceive this service in a different way and take a different thing home, so too each one of us has a different fear that kind of keeps us up at night, that kind of says it's gnawing way. You really can't be confident. You can't be confident in God because this hangs out there over I don't know about you, but I'm only afraid of two things. Only two things in the whole world that I'm afraid of. Big, tough Pastor Tim. I'm not afraid of any mountain bike trail in Oaks Park. Except maybe hawk a little bit. I'm getting my courage up for that one. But I'm only afraid of two things, and maybe you resonate with this a little bit. I'm afraid of the things that I can control, and I'm afraid of the things that I can't control. That's it, just those two. Because sometimes when I seek to control things, I do it poorly and wrong. And I'm afraid of that sometimes. That I've done this and done that. It's going to go poorly even though I've been large and in charge and got it all figured out. But then not so much. And then there's those things I can't control. I'd love to control them as I could, but I can't see into the future. So I've got to kind of suck it up and see how they come. But sometimes I don't like the way they come because it's difficult. And if I'd have just seen it come and then I could control it, drive it and steer it. But then I might be afraid that I steer it wrong. And maybe you get the idea of the centrifugal force. Of fear. In 1932, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt came on the radio before the American people, having just been elected to his first term. For years I had thought this quote came from World War II, but it didn't. It came in the heart of the Great Depression, when people weren't working and life was a whole lot more difficult than it is today. And President Roosevelt, then a young man, came on the radio and said these words. So first, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror, which paralyzes needed efforts to convert retreat into advance. 
to convert retreat into advance. That's what Jesus did. That's exactly what Jesus did. He turned retreat into advance. The ladies were coming to, to retreat back into quiet, normal, peaceful life, hoping that the Romans wouldn't smoke them, hoping that the, the, the church leaders, the religious people wouldn't smoke them, hoping that they could just kind of retreat back into the quiet place. But it wasn't to be because Jesus wasn't there. He was risen from the dead. And instead of being afraid, they were encouraged. And with that encouragement came inspiration. Because they were reminded of the word, this is what he had to do. It wasn't an optional exercise for Jesus. He had to suffer and die and rise again. Death could slow him down, but death couldn't hold him down. And as he rose from the dead, God received the sacrifice of Jesus as the payment for our sins. So that we don't need to be afraid that God is angry. Because God has loved us in the eyes of His Son, Jesus Christ. And that takes away fear. And the fear of death in the grave is dispelled because the tomb was empty. And one day when the Lord comes back, all the tombs of all His beloved will all be empty. Easter seals that deal for He has brought life and immortality to light. He had to do it. He had to do it because He loves you. He had to do it because He's moved by compassion. He had to do it because he created you in his own image. And he's going to recreate that. And the first step, the first step the lady saw right here. What are you going to take away from church today? This afternoon, Easter's so late this year, there's no good basketball games, the angels stink, it's just a bad thing. <laughs> What are you going to take home from church today? Maybe it will be a taste and a smell of the closeness of God and the sacrament of the altar. As we move 900 people and you hear those words, this is the body of Christ for you for the remission of all your sins. The bread is placed in your hand. Your children are blessed. And you are brought to that cross and to the remembrance of Jesus again and fear just kind of steps away. Maybe it's going to be a verse of a hymn. As we do the offering this morning, we're going to sing, uh, I know that my Redeemer lives. Maybe there's a little refrain in that that you'll take home in this afternoon when you're doing whatever you do with whoever you're going to do and you'll be singing, da, 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 da. Maybe it's the visual. When you're tired and worn out, when the options seem to be dwindling down to this one and that one and none of them seem good, maybe you'll come back to this place. The candles, the flowers, the windows, the cross, the altar, the Jesus. You can close your eyes and go back. And remember that upon which your life is based. That Jesus died and rose from the dead. And with that, fear is driven out far away from the heart of a Christian. And while it may come little by little and bit by bit, the power of life over death is the power of courage over fear. Amen.